Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin Podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 76, and I am excited to have uh, Better Late Than Never to hear the words of wisdom from Jason Isaacson, uh, the boys basketball coach at Council Bluffs, Abraham Lincoln, just across the river from Omaha here. Uh, we were going to have Coach Isaacson at our coaches clinic, but uh, had a scheduling conflict. Uh, so, hey, we'll, we'll just have you on for an X amount of time here on the podcast rather than, than in front of a group of people. Does that sound all right, Coach? Yeah, sounds good to me. Awesome, awesome. Well, before we get going with Coach Isaacson, uh, we'll, uh, of course, thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at cosackchiro.com or to make an appointment, give them a call at 402-964-0300. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin, so be sure to follow us there. If you're listening, you're, of course, on SoundCloud or iTunes, so download, rate, review. Give this five stars so we can get the word out, continue to gain momentum in the ratings, and help coaches hone their craft one day at a time. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach, it's, it's, uh, we are, I am recording from a unique place. I have never recorded inside one of our classrooms here uh, an interviewed podcast, uh, but hey, it's a unique setting. We'll 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 do what we got to do with it. So, uh, how are how are things winding up here at the end of the school year for you guys? Uh, it's going well. Yeah, we got we're finals weeks next week. Seniors last day today, and hey, uh, you just wrapped up. So it's kind of take a couple days and get ready for all your summer stuff. Yeah, a little bit of a deep breath. Yeah, not not much, but but a little bit. Yeah, I, I have the uh, added bonus of. Uh, not only seniors last day, uh, we we have a child graduating this weekend, so we're getting the the party planned and doing all that stuff, and uh, then moving out of my classroom, moving into a new classroom, and all sorts of good stuff. So I, c- I can relate to the chaos of the time period here. So, um, well, hey, coach, let's uh, let's get going here today. Uh, I'll start this. Uh, we'll start this one the, the same way we do a lot of our podcasts. Uh, for the folks that don't know a lot about your background, uh, fill us in and, and let us know how uh, Jason Isaacson is, has been at uh, Council Bluffs for about the last eight or nine years. Uh, yeah, I've been. Uh, I'm from Council Bluffs, and you played at AL. And um, I've been coaching, geez, yeah, 15 years now. Um, spent a little time with with Doug at Bell West, and then at Bellevue University. Um, under Shane Pavin, and then I've been here, uh, yeah, since 2012-13, that season, so. Mm-hmm. An alum of AL. Yep, yep, yeah, I graduated here in 2001. Um, it's kind of nice, I played on the last team that went to state here, and then uh, obviously got to coach and get our guys back for the first time in 2016, kind of mm-hmm. since, since 2000. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're underselling. I'm going to, I'm going to take your modesty away here a little bit. You're underselling yourself uh, a, a little bit in your career in the sense of the type of player that you were, uh, you know, 
anybody that can get a basketball scholarship to the Harvard of the Heartland, the Princeton of the Plains, Briarcliff University, you know, has to be an outstanding athlete. Uh, But then you chose to transfer. You ended up at at Dana College in Blair. Uh, You were an All-American there. Uh, so, so you, you, uh, you've done some really good things in the game and, and you were a very, very talented player. Um, one of my, one of my first questions I wanted to ask you, um, has it been, uh, what was the adjustment like for you being such a, a talented player and then shifting over into the coaching mode? Uh, was that a little bit, uh, difficult for you to try and, explain the game and teach the game when when probably a lot of these things and these skills came really naturally to to a guy like you um yeah i mean i was i was kind of a late bloomer in high school mm-hmm. uh, which i actually think was great for kind of my my journey in coaching so i it wasn't always easy you know like i played reserves as a sophomore mm-hmm. um and then just kind of worked my way up so i i kind of been on both sides of it so um so I think that was a, that was a big blessing, kind of as as I got into coaching. Now I think everybody that comes from playing college to then coaching like a high school team just struggles with, uh, you know, your expectations. Kind of, you know, you expect them to play at a higher level than what they are. You expect their work ethic to be, you know, harder. They're not competing hard enough, and it's um, it's one of those things that you know you just kind of don't realize until you get back in it enough that like. I mean, we push them to do it, but until they get on a college campus and every single day is kind of cutthroat and, and that, you know, then you realize, like, oh, crap, like, this isn't – doesn't happen as easy as you'd like it to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, do, do you think uh, because of your credibility as a player, though, you were able to – uh, younger in your career, be able to sell the concept and kind of the way your career went as a late bloomer. Hey, you know, guys, I kept working at it. I kept working at it. And, and look what happened to me. It, it's not over until it's over. Uh, you you got to keep grinding away because you, you just never know what could happen if you keep putting the work in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that was, that was huge for me. Um, and like I said, it, it was really nice. I, I could relate to all kind of all the kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, not just your your top couple studs, you know what I mean? But but I'd literally kind of been been through all their shoes. And uh, it, it definitely helped just relating to them. And, and just, you know, you understand where they're at mentally, too, mm-hmm. um, a lot more kind of what they're thinking and, and to offer some advice. Yeah. So you, you step into your, to your first head coaching position and you're taking over for your alma mater and uh you know it's, it's always exciting uh to be a first-time head coach uh and i can't imagine what it would be like to to again take over at your alma mater but uh you had referred to you were part of the last team uh in 2000 to make the state tournament and when you took over uh the program was in pretty dire straits uh one in 21 dire straits the year before you took over um as you came in and you needed to attack this in a certain way, I, I'm always curious to talk to coaches about who, who have rebuilt or, or built up their, their programs and built them from the, the ground up. What were, what were the things that you identified that needed to be the foundation uh, or, or part of the pieces of the foundation to this rebuilding, get the program back to where it was when you were playing there? Uh, yeah, it just started with um... – you know, it's just kind of changing the, the culture. You know, our school was pretty good at football at that time. So, um, 
you know, like that fall when I started, I, I mean, I only had maybe three or four kids. Um, and we want them to do that too, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of came in late in the summer, so I didn't get a chance to do a lot in the summer with the kids. But then uh, um, just kind of set the tone that, you know, the, the we're not just going to play basketball in the winter here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to work on it, you know, kind of throughout the year. Um, you know, even trying to get, you know what I mean, all of your multi-sport kids to, you know, shoot a little bit more than what they normally do and, and just – uh, just kind of set the tone for for the work that we were about to do. Yeah, uh, one of the quotes that you said is is you know we can build on work ethic and time, and that's one thing that that can kind of be equally distributed between every program. And it, it sounds like that was kind of the thing that you said that hey, fellas, we we just we just got to put in some investment into this, and, and and that was kind of the first building block of it all. Yeah, absolutely. Get, getting kids to care, um, you know, and once kids started to care about our program and, and about our team, um, you know, the work followed and then obviously some success followed mm-hmm. um, after that. And uh, It really started, you know, it took time. Like I said, I didn't get them my first year. Uh, we really didn't get to do an offseason. So it was, it was really fun. And you're kind of taking me back. I'm thinking about, you know, it's been a while since <laughs> I thought about it. Um, but then go, going into that first kind of, uh, you know, spring, doing some more just but that first summer is when we really got to, you know, start kind of putting that in, you know, mm-hmm. the amount of work that we were going to do. And, and just in player development um, was huge. And we could see the kids improving. And it was still, you know, a year or two away. But by year three, I think we went 19 and four, you know, missed a shot at the buzzer to go to the state tournament. And, and the kids, then it kind of really took off after that, too. Yeah. Do you felt did uh, did you feel like the kids bought in uh, pretty quickly? Now, of course, the result is going to take a while, but did you feel the buy in was pretty quick? Um, yeah, I mean, being from here helped. Um, you know, a lot of some of the kids still knew, but but like parents, you know what I mean, recognize you, uh-huh. um, which helps. Um, that and you know, you mentioned playing like being able to play helps too. Uh, if you get out there and they can see you do some things, um, you know, they're like, Oh crap, you know, this guy is showing me that he knows what he's saying. Um, so that helped too. But yeah, I think our, 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 the the kids were kind of ready for something new. Sometimes when you come, come into a bad program, uh, or not, I shouldn't say bad program, but a bad year, um, you know, but the kids were ready for something new too. And, And I really, that first group of kids I had were awesome kids. Everybody worked, um, you know, we weren't great, great at basketball at that time, yeah. um, but they all worked and they were coachable. And it's really, just, it's, it's been a great time. here. You in, in high school, you got the, a chance to play for uh, one of the best coaches around in Bruce Chubbuck, uh, former a pen and a napkin guest. And, and then you, you coached with Doug Woodard, uh, again, one of the best and former a pen and a napkin guest. So I'm, I'm, I'm plugging the gig here. Uh, but, uh, uh, what are some things that, that you took away from those two guys that, that you used to help rebuild, uh, the program back to where it was when you played for coach, Ch- coach Chubbuck. And, and, and we'll start with Bruce first. Um, well, what he, I was, yeah, I was kind of a knucklehead. <laughs> um, growing up and I think we all met. were I think we all right, were Jason right. I mean let's let's be honest right yeah. but there's a you know I was kind of glad you know if, if 
not that young guys do, but, uh, you know, Coach, geez, he's still doing awesome, but he was kind of old school, you know, when I was even in high school. And uh, he really helped install some discipline um, into me, you know what I mean? And just in that every day, every practice and every drill, you know, he just demanded that, that kind of max effort out of kids. Um, it was, was something I really took away from him, and which helped me as I went into college. And then with Doug, um, you know, he's probably the greatest uh, influence kind of my coaching. Um, you know, just his 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 commitment to player development is unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I got friends, you know, in the Metro that ask me stuff, and I'm like, I, you know, there, there's a ton of great coaches out there. All, all those dudes are really good. Yeah. Um, but it's probably just because I got experience in firsthand. But I'm like, it's my kid, you know. That's why I want to teach him the game of basketball. Um, you know, so just taking his commitment to, to player development and, um, you know, the amount. And then obviously his workouts in the summer were great. Just kind of watching how he did things and, uh, you know, taking that over to my guys here at AL. What are What are some of the things that Doug does as he teaches a game uh, that, that makes it so – uh, positive and and he's able to develop kids so well um well it, it's a big emphasis um you know on offense like their pace now they use their defense to create offense you know and i think um his kids really liked like to play like that you know what i mean kids do um but his just you know just his his individual kind of like skill set stuff for kids um when i was there i thought it was really good and, and just breaking it down for kids um but just the emphasis on just skill work and and footwork and um you know i thought was really good yeah coaches there are numerous resources in the coaching universe to help make coaches better podcasts websites videos and everything in between but if you're looking if you're a coach looking for a resource that addresses the skills necessary to be successful both on and off the floor, look no further than a pen and a napkin university. A pen and a napkin university is a series of courses designed to help any coach at any level to hone their craft in the off season. A pen and a napkin university features four separate courses starting the first week of July to help develop your coaching skills. The four courses are personal growth and development, building your X's and O's philosophy, building your program and fundamentals and drill work. Each course is seven weeks long with a new topic each week to dive into. The best thing about Penn and Napkin University is its flexibility. You can sign up for a weekly topic, the entire course, or the entire program. It's whatever fits your schedule and your budget. For more information, send us an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. So, Coach, you've, you've uh, really dominated uh, the scene over on, on the east side of the river. Um, the, the last six or seven years, I think um, the, the biggest number I found was 27 wins in a row against city opponents. Uh, how high did, is that win streak still going? Is, is that, uh, how high did that get if it's, if it's been cut? Um, yeah, geez, I think that might've been after last year we played. Uh, yeah, so we won probably three more this year. Okay. Um, yeah, so probably 30. Right around 30. Okay. Um, how important is that? Is that is that coincidence, 
Or is that an emphasis of yours, like goals within the goals of the program is, hey, we're going to dominate the city schools. We're going to take care of TJ. We're going to take care of Lewis Central. We're going to take care of St. Albert's. Um, is, is that a conscious thing? Uh, was it an unconscious thing that now has become a conscious thing? Uh, because I, I think it's kind of interesting that you do have kind of that, uh, that dominance within the city, uh, and it's something that you can kind of hang your hat on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that just happens. I mean, um, we've had a good run. We've had some really good games, um, you know, some overtime and double overtime games, you know, uh, that we were fortunate to win. They obviously could go either way. Um, so, yeah, it's just it just kept going. And, and you know, honestly, it had been a couple of years, and I had thought a ton about it. And then, uh, <laughs> one of our assistants said it. And I'm like, oh, geez, yeah, this, it is getting up there. Um but yeah, no, I mean, our, our goals, I mean, that's, we, we talk about it. We always, I mean, we want to be city champs, conference champs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, you know, our, our, our main one is just to, to get to Des Moines each year and make a run at the state tournament. So, but those are, you know, it's, it's fun things to celebrate. It's fun and it's always good to create, you know, you know, some championship opportunities and, and, you know, things to celebrate throughout the year. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure it helps your, your kids and your team to grow and to develop um, having those artificially created pressure points throughout the season uh, so that when you get into district and sub-state games, uh, you will have played in some of those circumstances and, and had your kids both mentally and physically prepare for something that's a little bit more urgent than your average game. Do you guys kind of sell it as like that as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we try to, to schedule as many of those as possible. You said you just can't, uh, you know, put a price tag on, on being in those types of games and scenarios throughout the year. Because, um, I mean, we all know that those those district district final games that go to state are just nuts. And half the time they can't even hear you. I mean, uh, you know, oh, yeah. pre-COVID. I mean, and, and then it's just the kids getting comfortable and making plays out there in that environment. So we try to create that, I mean, just as much as possible. Um We've never, I've never, we, you know, like I said, we've been fortunate to win those city games, but just overall, I've never really cared about wins and losses and just, you know, just trying to set them up for, for the end of the year. As a, as a guy who grew up in Northwest Iowa in the eighties and nineties, I, 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 I'm pretty familiar with big crowds at, at district and, and sub-state games. Um, you know, everybody in town, is and, and in the area is at a is at a ball game uh, from seven to or not seven they got to get there like at five thirty to get a seat for a seven o'clock game um, and then everybody's at the pizza ranch some some form of pizza ranch afterwards in Northwest Iowa so uh, so so yeah uh, very very familiar with all of that and I, and I think Iowa Iowa does such a great job of of selling that. Um, I, I think Nebraska has picked up on it some. Um, the, the format has changed here the last few years, uh, but but Iowa just it, the, just the the urgency and and it's a little bit different geography with uh, the towns and the size of towns and the distance in between towns and who you're playing against and that type of stuff. Uh, but I think Iowa just does a great job of of selling postseason basketball and and having that build up to get down to the state tournament don't you think coach uh yeah i agree i i always and i give i give all the metro guys a hard time um <laughs> you know about 
you know, I mean, now they just play each other all year long and beat each other up and go down there. But and that, it is nice with ours. Uh, ours is usually Sioux City and Des Moines, where we're always kind of paired with. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. In in Council Bluffs is what, what I kind of, what I like about it is it, it's it's a bigger city. You know, we're we're the biggest class in Iowa, but yeah. it's still got. I mean, anybody in Omaha, you know, they always make fun of it, but it's still got you know somewhat of a small town feel at times. Yep. Uh, you know, in, when it comes to sporting events, that that's a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when your town just comes in and packs out your gym and, and makes it really fun for the kids. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you, you're doing some AAU coaching as well. Uh, pretty involved with uh, Southwest Iowa Impact, correct? Yep, that's the program I've kind of helped develop and then joined with a couple guys this year mm-hmm. um, to grow it even a little bit more. Yeah. Um, do you find it? Uh, you know, how, how do you balance your your high? I, I know coaching is coaching, but there's you know just as well as I do. Uh, there's a little bit different environment, and maybe even a, a reputation, whether it's deserved or undeserved, about AAU uh, coaching and and kind of some of the stuff that goes along with it. Whether it's you know, and most of it's really really good, but of course, anything that's bad gets hyped up a lot. Uh, you know, how do you, uh, do, do you coach it a little bit differently? Do you, do you, do you, uh, attack the situations a little bit different between your high school job at AL and your AAU job? Uh, or, or is it pretty much for you just kind of the same thing and, and you're just in a different place just with different uniforms? Um, no, I mean, I definitely try to, you know, kind of install a, a program philosophy. Um, it's not always taken well by, uh, you know, parents or, or maybe, Maybe, you know, some who haven't played the game a, a, a ton. Um, but I, so I, I try to install that. And I actually, I'm at the point now where, you know, I'm just kind of the director. And for my AL kids, it's good. You know, they, they need a break from me. And kind of created it for, for our AL kids originally, mm-hmm. in, mainly AL, LC, St. Albert, and TJ. Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of grown. And so we really like to, I mean, we get some Omaha guys into play, which we, we always enjoy having them. But we really try to hone in on our Western Iowa kids, and not only improving my AL team, but the program. Why we want to improve basketball in this little corner. Um, you know, there, there's been some some good programs, but overall, you know, we just want to see it make a jump and, and keep growing, just growing the game. Um, so, yeah, in philosophy wise, you know, I try to do some of the same stuff that, that we do at AL about. Um, you know, we, we try to tell them not to run pattern things. And obviously you, you hear all the zones and all that stuff and just keep it skill and player development based, um, which over time we think makes it, you know, really worth it for kids as opposed to just trying to win youth games. And, and yeah. that mess. Yeah. You know, you, you can kind of get more into the uh, development, uh, you, you know, the, the winning and the losing part of it in your high school team. But right. the, the AAU, uh, the, the the couple of times that I've coached it, um, it's it's all for me. It's always been just about the players and getting the players to play hard and play together and do the little things. And when coaches are looking at you, yeah, if you can score, you can score. That's great, and 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 that's a big piece of the puzzle. But it's about you developing as an all-around player and if we and if we happen to win that's that's great as well i mean i'm never going to turn away a win 
but I never really lost a ton of sleep about winning or losing with AAU. It was for me. It was always about developing the kids and developing the players in the off season so they could win on the bigger stage in in the winter time. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to set them up for success, and you know if you're running a pattern offense and they go back to their uh, school team and, and they don't run that, you know what do you what do you really do? I mean, they maybe picked up you know maybe hopefully one thing, but if you just teach them, you know, I mean, we teach motion and spacing, and then. The other thing that does is you don't you're not practicing a ton like you do in high school. Yeah. So freeing up at least the little practice time we do have, you're freeing up that time to do skill work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to maybe hopefully add a, a, a couple tools here and there to, to the kids' game that you can take back and use um, for the high school kids and for for the youth kids too. I really struggle. Um, you know, when you, when you go to a tournament, you see presses and one three ones and, and all that stuff, and it's like, man, like we're practicing once a week, maybe twice, yeah, in ninety minutes. And I really want our coaches to spend, you know, fifty five minutes on skill work. You know what I mean? If we can in shooting, yeah, um, and then it gets hard when you get beat. And parents are, you know, kind of getting upset. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last last summer, um, <laughs> I coached with uh, with a AAU program. And literally our second game, and this is what you throw COVID into all of this stuff. So like, I'm still learning most of the kids' names at this point and making sure that Mary is Mary and, and Becky is Becky. And we played a team out of Wisconsin and, and they threw a one, three, one, three quarter court trap at us. And I'm like, oh, come on, seriously, you got to be kidding me. Uh, I understand like if you're maybe go full court man to man or something like that, but this is not doing anybody any good uh, in that regard. And, and, and that, th- those type of things kind of get frustrating on the AAU circuit. I, I believe anyway, I don't know yeah. what your opinion is. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you, yeah. Is this fourth grader really going to be able to throw the ball over the top of this one, three, one. And, <laughs> you know, but yeah, actually we, we had a turn the other day and I was trying to, you know, just kind of help parents and even the coach understand like, you got pressed the whole game. The score, we lost by 10, 45-35. Mm-hmm. And you got pressed the whole game and lost, but you have to look at it at a different lens. I mean, you got – our kids got all of the benefit. They had to handle that ball against, against you know, that, that full court D. Um, they had to make decisions, you know what I mean, against pressure and do all those things. Whereas the other team, I bet 35 of the 45 points were off of layups. You know, steal, like, you know, off of a turnover. And it's mm-hmm. like those kids aren't getting, you know – I know they're winning, but they're not getting anything out of that either, um, you know, on the other side. And I just thought when I'm watching, like, man, our kids are still getting the benefit. I know it doesn't look like because we're getting beat, but, but yeah. they definitely work out of that game. So you're, lo- you're losing the battle, but you're winning the war. Yeah, right. And I told them, like, told our coach, like, if we just pressed into that the entire game, we'd get a ton of steals, I know. And it'd just be a layup contest between the two teams. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Last last question here on 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 this part and and kind of your your experiences. Um, you you're in an interesting situation and 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 you have a guy in in Josh Dix who is kind of a bigger, uh, more accelerated version of what you described in your career. Uh, he's he's been a very good player for a long time and was was getting recruited by some. 
high-level D2s, and then he crept up into some low to mid-major Division ones, into some pretty doggone good Division ones, like a Drake, uh, who I who I know is is probably still after him. And then over the span of the last month or so, things have really exploded for him. And Iowa, Wake Forest, Iowa State, Creighton, you know, a, a lot of schools, a lot of Power Five schools are really taking a good hard look at him. Uh, what is that uh, experience been like for you as his coach? How have you tried to help him through this process of, uh, you know, anytime an athlete is getting recruited at any level, it's a, it's a pretty intense process, but he's going from a pretty intense process to, well, this, as, as Ron Burgundy would say, it escalated quickly, uh, if you will. Um, you know, you know, what's that process been like for, for you and for him? Yeah, it, it's, it's busy. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I feel for, you know, the kid or, or, or you think about like Hunter's house, it's like, holy cow, like they don't get a night to breathe or, you know, um, but yeah, so it's been, it's been pretty hectic, uh, just, you know, phone calls and texts and all that stuff, but it's also what we wanted, you know, for a while there, I was the one, you know, bugging all the coaches, you know, they're probably getting tired of my texts and calls. And I'm like, man, I know this kid can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, level and he just really hadn't had a good opportunity to be out i mean obviously covid you know last year hurt a lot of kids but even before that he didn't get a good chance to be out for a time and even this year i mean he had a great opening weekend and it was good for people to see kind of what i've been preaching all winter Um, and then he got mono and so this last weekend he just played was his first weekend back Um, he just gotten cleared uh, Mm -hmm. for contact and so he was hurting hurting them but he just hasn't been able to put it all put a good stretch together um, it's been it's been it's also fun i mean i think he enjoys you know meeting the new coaches and, and he's a hoops junkie so he likes hearing about basketball but i'm sure he's getting a little tired of all the calls and texts and all that stuff but. sure well it's it's a great problem to have um, yeah, sure. you know it's a great problem to have for him it's a great problem to have for you uh he's he's one of those kids as, as i like to say he makes you look a hell of a lot smarter than you really are um and uh you know it's it's going to be interesting to, to to see how this develops over the next few months um as he goes through the summer stuff and, and the july process uh you know what what begins to happen at that as well um, and, and to see if there's even more attention, you know, I've, I, I, I really like him, uh, from what I've seen of him play. And, and, uh, uh, I, I think somebody's going to get a, a really, really nice player, um, out of this situation, whoever, whoever ends up signing him and wherever he decides to go. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, just when you, when you watch him play, I mean, I just, I mean, what do you pick as his weakness, you know, um, Actually, at our end of season meeting, I mean, he's wanting to add more one-on-one tools, which is good. But I, I, you know, for me, I, I think his off the ball has to improve. Um, you know, no, no kids are thrilled to you know to just work on that stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, but he can shoot it, he can handle it. He's a great passer. He's strong. He's athletic. You know, there's just there's no real flaws to his game uh, for the next level. I think so. I think he'll do really well uh, for whoever he goes to. Well. He'll he'll be he'll be representing CB real well wherever he ends up going. So, uh, 
Coaches, want to have the opportunity to have a hands-on mentor to help you hone your craft as a basketball coach? Look no further than teachhoops.com, a place where coaches go to get better. Coach Steve Collins shares his three decades of coaching knowledge with his subscribers through resources like podcasts, one-on-one mentoring sessions, and much more with teachhoops.com. Go to teachhoops.com backslash A-P-A-A-N, where subscriptions start at $34.99 a month. When you sign up, you get a 14-day free trial, so combine teachhoops.com with a pen and an app can help you become the best coach that you can be. Coach, at this time, we're going to throw out the Don Meyer quote of the day, the GOAT, Don Meyer. Uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and read this, and uh, if you want to comment on it, feel free to do so. Um, I think this, I, I think you'll like it. You've done this long enough now that I think this will, you'll be able to relate to this uh, pretty well. So uh, the Don Meyer quote of the day is, Our goal as a team is to keep playing as a group for as long as we can because you will never have that team again. Pretty, pretty relatable for old guys like you and I. Yeah, I, uh, it makes me think of we. You know, we just had our banquet not too long ago. Um, geez, and I'll get choked up now, even. But I, I've in ten years, I've never gone through a banquet without crying. Yeah. Um, as a coach, because it's it's your last. It's just when it kind of it, it hits me. I don't know. Everybody's different, and it hits them at different times. But, um, that's when it hits me. It's like it's the last time that that whole group is in the same room, you know what I mean, in, in, a, in a basketball setting, you know, even we're not on the court, but, you know, mm-hmm. at a basketball fun, I guess. And it's the last time we'll have that, that entire group all together in one setting like that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That's the first thing I thought of was, was our banquet. Yeah. We just had about a week ago. Um, the, the last podcast I did was with three of my former players. And it was, you know, they lost, they, they played for me five years ago. Um, and it's still emotional thinking about their last game. And, you know, basically it was the winner goes to the state tournament and we just fell a little bit short. And, the you know, great kids, awesome kids, loved coaching them. Um, and it still gets – it's still emotional when you think about those situations. And, and uh, you know, that was really tough, leaving that locker room that night. And uh, – you know, so we are blessed. It's it's a blessing and it's a curse because you get so attached to teams and you get so attached to players, uh, but then you got to let them go. And and you know, at some point, you're not going to have another group that steps in with that. And and you just hope you just want to keep it together as long as you can uh, to to enjoy that journey with your players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Yep. Um, so let's get into your stuff here. Uh, we got we have four or five topics I wanted to run through with you here. Um, I'm just gonna as I as I pretty I say this pretty often at this point of the pod. I'm I'm just gonna kind of ask a couple of things and then let you cook here, Coach. Um, let's talk about your practice setup. Uh, how you guys set up your practice? What you guys are emphasizing in practice? Uh, you know, and and let's uh, this is the scenario I usually paint. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, early January, uh, the dog days aren't here yet. Uh, you're not cutting back time in practice because, you know, it's not late in the season. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, let's say it's a, it's a Tuesday practice and you don't play till Friday. Uh, what's, what's a, what's a typical AL Lynx practice going to look like in that scenario? Um, yeah, I mean, if it's just kind of a full day to get work done, um, we obviously, I mean, I, I think everybody does, but we put a ton of time in, in, into the individual player um, 
early on in practice. Uh, it, it's usually at least you know 45 minutes or so uh, between our shooting. Uh, you know, we do one on one each day. I think I've heard you mention that you do that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from different spots with different rules, and we do a position breakdown every day. Uh, and then from there we, is when we it's slow. After those three things, it kind of slowly starts to progress into like. We do breakdown offense and defensive action, you know, the things that we want to work on um, before we even get into team stuff. Uh, we like to do a couple competitive drills each day before we get into the team stuff too. Uh, you know, like like a three-on-three three closeouts or three-on-two plus one, just somewhere we're keeping score and, and kids are competing. Um, but, yeah, a lot of shooting, a lot of one-on-one work, um, you know, and, and then a lot of kind of position breakdown. Uh, I've been lucky to have some great guys you know, and I take the bigs too, uh, um, quite a bit. But I, uh, Jerome Vaughn, and now I have Trey Landsman, he's from Arlington. Jerome's from Minneapolis and played at Midland. Uh, so I've been lucky to kind of have those one of those two guys, if not both, for my whole career to where I can just kind of, you know, walk through with them what I want the bigs to hit. And they take them, and then I take the guards down the other end, and, uh, you know, really started hitting some stuff. But mm-hmm. what, what are the two or three things that you feel like? And, and don't be modest here, Coach. What are the two or three things that you feel like you guys do really, really well in practice with, with your setups and, and, and what your, uh, how you get your kids ready to go? Uh, you know, if, if I come into one of your practices, I'm going to walk away going, man, I, I really thought they did this and this and this really, really well in their practice today, if it's an average practice. Uh, well, player development should be the first thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the beginning. Um, we we spend a lot of time on spacing. Um, you know, a, as we've gotten better, um, we've screened worse a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, no, that makes got, sense. Yeah, you got some some kids who can do a little more with the ball, so you, you kind of shift more towards you know really teaching spacing. Um, you know, still exchanging and getting something done, but you know, when, when a guy's taking off, you need to see the ball and be ready to, to react the right way. Um, so, player development, offensively, um, you know, it, it probably right now is spacing, um, and then defensively, uh, we just spend a lot of time on, on kind of scramble work and and just helping, like helping the helper, uh, you know, help obviously closing dribbling gaps and all that stuff, and. and uh, so I would say scrambling, you'd see quite a bit of uh, an emphasis on and guys just, you know, those multiple efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a guy makes one effort and he, and he doesn't get back in that thing, you know, it's not going to be too pretty for him. He, he's going to hear it. But <laughs> a, a reminder, as one of my former assistants, Jeff Rich, right. used to say. Yeah. 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 We're never done till we got that rock. So, <laughs> yeah. Keep, um, um, what are one or two things? That, that looking back on your practice setup, uh, that you're like, I, I, I feel like we should do this better. You know, here's, here's, the, here's the two or three things. You just went through the two or three things that you feel like, man, we, we, I really feel confident that we do this really, really well. Uh, and there's only so much time, and you can only emphasize so many things. Like Jim Calhoun said, you know, you, you got to pick four things that you want to be really, really great at. Um, what what are the one or two things that you wish or that you feel like, yeah, you know what, we could or should be doing this better than what we do right now? Uh, I mean, the thing I've, I've been bad at every year that, that I've tried, I'm not as patient as I need to be, but 
you know, whether it's zone or uh, I, I, I need to have a better changeup pitch. Uh, you know, at some point, hopefully, you keep playing just really, really good teams, and maybe a team is, you know, beating what you normally do. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and score more. In having a better changeup pitch, you know, uh, I've, I've done some zone. You know, I, there's been a couple years where I've, I've really tried to commit to even like a, a little junk action, um, you know, with a triangle and two, um, or like a one three. You know, just committing it and spending more time on a, a second D, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, instead of you know sometimes you just get well if, if they. You know, they're just better if they're scoring, you know what I mean? But something that, you know, maybe strategically would be better. Uh, we've, uh, we've obviously just played man constantly. Um, but like you said, too, there, there's just such a fine line there because you want to be really good at it. You've got to spend a ton of time, too, you know. Um, and I don't like my kids second-guessing things and, like, they know what to do and, and just go attack it. But that offensively, um, something that to, to add, I guess, would be uh, – you know, against, you know, maybe the Bellevue West and, and some people that have overwhelmed us athletically at times, I've always wondered maybe would a pattern offense help? I don't ever do a pattern offense, mm-hmm. but it, it, there's some value in that the kids can get to this spot, this spot, you know what I mean? And then, but I mean, if, if our motion isn't working, that's probably not going to work. You know, they're going to blow that up too, but um, just always finding ways to, like the, the question, you just, you're always trying to find little things that maybe can help you as a coach or help your team. Um, yeah. But I think overall, overall, I mean, I think we're all kind of somewhat the same, but, you know, we just want to be really good at what we really strongly believe in. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the, the best way to go about it, you know, and you, and you pick those three or four key things based on, you know, a combination of your philosophy and what the kids can do. Uh, okay, for better or worse, we're going to sink or swim with A, B, C, and D. And, and you hope that it's good enough. You know, you, you develop it to the best of your ability and you hope that it's good enough. And, and, and ultimately, usually if your players are good enough, it is good enough, you know, type of a thing. So, yeah. um, how about your off season stuff? What are you guys doing? Obviously you're, uh, you're a motion guy, uh, you're spreading the floor, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're letting your guys roll here a little bit. Um, so you've got to put in a lot of work in the off season to get your guys um, in that situation where you're not running that pattern offense, so that they are just you know for by and large they're just playing basketball and making reads. Uh, so so that's going to require a lot of work in the off season. What do you guys do? How do you guys organize your off season to get your kids to buy into that and and to get them to develop the skills necessary to do the things you want to do offensively, uh, especially when you get into a five on five situation. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we just, like our motion, like, like there's some principles, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so there's, in, in Iowa, you know, the, the thing that really stinks in the fall and spring, like we can't instruct. So, um, we do a ton of open gyms and like people accuse us of practice. You know what I mean? It, yeah. If you know basketball and you came and watch, you just be like, yeah, these guys are playing open gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I would love to be with Nebraska where you can get those four kids at a time. Um, cause you can do so many concepts, just two on O, three on O, two on two, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so summer's obviously huge. Like, like right now, you know, I'm meeting with our coaches and we're really getting amped up for what we're about to start doing this summer, you know, on, on some of the new things. Um, but fall and spring, you know, 
like I said, our, our hands are tied a little bit. So we do, uh, we do play quite a bit. Um, sometimes there's value in like older guys coming to play who just know how to play and, and kids can pick up from some stuff there. Um, and then, and the other thing that we've had to do since Iowa is different is we, we create a ton of, uh, like running competitions, you know, like our, like shooting ladders mm-hmm. and, and one-on-one ladders. Uh, we've done like three on three leagues, things where I don't instruct, but I can say, Hey, you guys are gonna play one-on-one. Um, you know, we keep a ladder. So it's like, they'll, they'll have a challenge twice a week, you know, with who they're playing, um, and it kind of works out nice. Your top guys end up playing your top guys and your middle of the middle and, uh, you know, your lower kids, the lower kids. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is there, is there still a rule in Iowa, which limits like, uh, what you can do even in the summertime, like the, the, the number of days that you can do stuff there? Um, uh, summer's full blast. You can do whatever you want until like August 1st or, mm-hmm. or um, so it's like June 1 to August 1, you can do, you can practice full, you can do whatever you want. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So what are you guys doing in, in those, uh, in that setting, uh, that, that June 1st to August 1st, are you bringing your guys in how many times a week? Uh, you know, uh, what do you got going on as far as what are you working on in your workouts, that type of stuff? What are the things that you're emphasizing? Uh, that type of thing. Yeah, well, uh, well, June is, you know, we'll go four days a week in June. And we tell the kids, like, we're, you know, we're really focused on the team right now. Um, you know, because cause that's when you can play your summer leagues and, and team camps and all that stuff. So um, so we take a little a little bump down on, you know, skill work and stuff at that time um, and really focus on the team. And like you, you were talking about, you know, like just our motion principles, you know, like, sprinting to screens and transition instead of going through the trailer and just some different stuff like that will really make an emphasis um, during that time and in july we get july's once au hits we're basically all skill work um mm-hmm. we, we still will revisit some stuff when we let them play for a little bit uh, but june's probably our most important month that that we really try to install what we think will be good for the upcoming year we'll, we'll try a bunch of new stuff in the summer mm-hmm. um we'll be getting torched by some teams and not really changed because we're just trying to wrap out, you know, like some, some ball screen coverages and stuff. And, um, you know, like, like we said earlier about AU, I mean, some like, we, you know, who really cares? We're just trying to, if there's something we got to work on, we're going to work on it. But yeah. Um, one of the things I've all also used the summer for, and I don't know if you're in the same boat. Um, it, it's good to find out, um, what you can do in the summer. I also think it's important to find out what some kids can't do in the summer. Uh, It's a great situation to, all right, hey, we're going to put you in this situation, and for the next five or six minutes, you you know, uh, Jimmy, you're going to be the point guard, or, you know, uh, there's 15 seconds left and we're down run one. Hey, I'm going to run this for, for Mary here. And see how she reacts. Where, yeah, if it's if it's January fifteenth instead of June fifteenth, we're probably running it for Susie. But hey, let's see what Mary can do in this situation. Is that some stuff that you try to do with your summertime stuff as well, Coach? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, like starting the first day. I mean, defensively, we will really challenge other kids. I mean, we know, like you know, you're talking about Josh earlier. Like we 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 know he can guard almost anybody pretty dang well um 
But in the summer, you will not see him guarding the best player. You know, unless it, you know, obviously there's going to be times that we're going to just we're going to try to win still at the end and change some stuff up. But uh, for the big chunk, like last summer, we made our point guard Jameson Gruber uh, guard the best guard, you know, and everybody in the Metro that we played all summer long. Um, mm-hmm. You know, start the song like this summer. Like we have another kid, Jr. Canals, who we're going to really challenge with that role uh, to just guard other teams' best players and, and just get better that way. Um, yeah, and then offensively, yeah, we'll we'll, tr- we'll try a lot of new stuff um, with guys. We've had, I mean, we actually had a unique player last year, uh, Christian Tedian, who you know, there's times last summer we we were really encouraging him to play point guard. Uh, you know, because he he's a really good passer. Just just a different look for teams, and also. You know, from him handling the rock all summer, he could get a board and start to break. And then this winter, he was a lot better at it. You know, when you get a, a board, you, you take a couple bounces and, and deliver a good pass and start our break better. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll do we'll do a bunch of that type of stuff throughout the summer. Yeah. How about your weight room? You know, that's one of the things. And, and we haven't talked about that a lot on the pod. Uh, and that's one of the things you said you'd be willing to talk about if you don't mind. Uh, you know, what are you guys doing in combination with your um, – with your four open gyms a week uh, during the summer. How does your weight room play into it? Uh, what are you guys emphasizing in there? Uh, how are you working with, with, your, uh, with your football basketball kids or your baseball basketball kids uh, to make sure that they just become better athletes? Yeah, uh, well, we, we encourage, you know, our baseball is in the summer. So mm-hmm. if baseball yeah. is a separate lifting, you know, we, we encourage them to do that. Um, football is the next closest thing. So, you know, the summer, we, we really just encourage them to, to get their lifts in with those guys. Um, you know, unless if it's, you know, say say Josh was a football kid, then we would still kind of encourage him to do our stuff because we do, you know, some different stuff. Um, but the core of it's all the same for all of our sports here. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the you know, every season is kind of different. Like this spring, we were really strength-based and, and trying to just get some kids stronger and get their numbers up a little bit. In the summer, we're way more – we always are throughout the year. But in the summer, we're even more injury prevention-based um, with a lot of our stuff. So we won't go quite as heavy on our list, but really just try to, you know, help the recovery process for them, um, you know, because they, they play so many dang games, especially once July hits, um, that we're just trying to kind of take care of their body through that process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you don't – you know, that's – you, you can be really susceptible to soft tissue injuries and, and that type of thing. And then it starts lingering. And, you know, a lot of kids want to try and play through it. And I don't blame them for trying to play through it. Uh, but you, you got to be smart. You got to be careful uh, how we, you know, get the, you know, we want these kids to be active. We want them to play. We want them to build on their bo- work on their bodies. But at the same time, you know, the human body is only built to do so much as well. Uh, but if they don't weight train, then the limitations of the body is going to be even less than what it would be if, you know, rather than uh, if, you, if you're not weight training, you know. So uh, is that kind of uh, – do you guys help run that or do you have like a weight room coordinator? Or yeah. what's what's so, the program set up there at AL? Yeah, the school year I teach a lot, a lot of our strength and conditioning um, courses, um, which is nice in the summer. Um, you know, I try to – let them have a different voice, you know, um, like Grant Eberly from first pick, uh, did some stuff for our guys last summer. Um, so we'll probably have him do that again. I mean, he's really good um, with it, but yeah, I mean, you're right. There is such a fine line because most of our kids, I mean, we're not just 
popping out, you know, the, the Jason Greens or, yeah. you know, just, I mean, Josh is about as close as we've had to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other kids, you know, we've had to make up a lot of ground in the weight room over, over four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so just balancing, you know, pushing for the strength in, in, in different phases kind of in between that. And like I said, injury prevention is huge, um, has really helped us help, help our kids grow uh, over their four years. Do you think, because cause you're one of the few coaches that I've talked to on this, that is also in in the PE slash weightlifting uh, area. Uh, do, do you think that's helped your program being down in the weight room and being able to emphasize that and and keep an eye on them? Where you know I'm worried about them knowing about the Gettysburg Address or something like that. Uh, that that doesn't really correlate to basketball very well. Um, no offense, Abraham Lincoln. May you rest in peace. But uh, but uh, you know, uh, has that helped as well? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, there's good and bad, but, but the good outweighs it. I mean, the bad is it's just, it's just me constantly, you know, yeah. they they get tired of me, you know, nine months of, I mean, of, of this, and like I said, if I, in the summer, I'll try to get a different voice. Um, but yeah, between the weight room and, and basketball, um, so that's the bad, but the good is definitely outweighs that, you know, I can tweak things knowing what they did uh, you know, over the weekend or I can hold them accountable, um, you know, on their weights and, and reps and, and things. And so overall, it's definitely, uh, it's a lot better. Yeah. Uh, you got time for one more subject? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, let's talk defense here. Uh, with your motion principle, you guys have really locked down on on defense uh i i saw a stat uh you know 41 points a game that's that's awful impressive especially uh at the at the level that you guys are at at the at the biggest at the biggest uh, schools in iowa uh so so you're going against even even your and i'm using air quotes here your bad teams still have some kids that could probably put the ball in the basket on a pretty consistent basis. Uh, so you guys must be doing something right defensively there. What have, have you guys emphasized defensively, and, and what are your, 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 your base defensive principles, and, and how do you get your kids to, to buy in to the defensive end of the ball, or the defensive end of the game, excuse me? Um, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're weird in that you know, we, we do some gaps, but we're not quite like the pack. You know, I, I tried to really study more and learn more, but I, at the end of the day, I just still didn't like the middle. Uh, so we're still taking away middles, uh, you know, with, 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 with everybody, you, you, no matter what, um, either side of the floor, I mean, I guess, cause some people, you know, they do it on the left side, but not the, the right, but so we're, we're no middles um, defensively. And then just really preaching those early help rotations. Um, and where I think we spent a lot of time on, like I said, one, the scrambling, but, uh, uh, you know, helping the helper. I mean, you see a lot of kids one pass away help, but, but is the next guy over there helping that guy who just helped the dribbler? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's saying a lot of help in one sentence, but, uh, but you know, that, that, that secondary guy being super engaged, um, in the possession and slowing, you know, that next pass down. Uh, we spent a ton of time on that, I think, which is, uh, made us pretty good and really slowed people down when we need to. Um, when we're going, we, we do closeouts every. You know, I should have mentioned that. You know, I was thinking about offense earlier when we talked so much, but we do closeouts every day too. Yeah. Uh, 
that's kind of one of the things is a different closeout drill each day, making it tough, making long ones. Um, and then just we preach all the time how one great closeout just it will ruin a uh, scramble. It ruins an advantage. Uh, you know, it just destroys the, the, the other team's offense when we are in that scramble mode. Um, so make a big emphasis on closeouts, too, is, is big. But. Yeah. How much how much time do you guys, you know, dedicate to just breaking that down on a daily basis or, you know, your, your defensive? You, you said you, you spend probably about 45 minutes on player development uh, in various different ways. How much is your defensive segment of, of your practices where it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're still playing offense, obviously, but now we're really locking in uh, more so on the defense while we're playing some offense. Yeah, I mean, it's probably, I don't know, probably 20 minutes, um, you know, in there, and, and that shrinks a little bit. You know, when you think about your closeout drills and your, your breakdown stuff, and then as you're getting into your shell in 5-on-5, five five, or into your shell before your 5-on-5. Five five, um, but, we you know, there's as you keep going once you build it up you know like we we like to do like a a lot of like baseline rotations into a down and back you know or Mm -hmm. or do some defensive concept but yet you're still getting some five on five work in um so yeah i I would say you know just strictly defense before we get to five on five maybe 15 20 minutes you know each day um, with a couple breakdown drills before we get into our shell stuff Mm -hmm. do you guys do a lot of re just yeah just specific rebounding drills taking five or ten minutes and doing rebounding stuff, or is it just, hey, we're just going to emphasize rebounding every drill? Yeah, we, we used to, and we we definitely have shifted more towards just, you know, what we're emphasizing. Um, you know, we have, we're lucky to have a good number of assistants to where, you know, we're like, you know, you label kids, are you a crasher or are you a get back kid? And then, you know what I mean? So we have two guys. Um, one of them's on the kids for, for that need to be rebounded, the other guy's kind of our get back guy. Um, you know, because that that hurts us quite a bit is when kids are just staring at the shots. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, more emphasis uh, base as we've been going. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm sorry, I just had a visual of, of your kids just staring at the shot, just thinking, "My, what a pretty shot!" I'm I'm sorry, right. that just I don't know for whatever reason that popped into my head when you when when you said that. So not not that it ever. Uh, what's uh, what shooters say in Hoosiers? Don't get caught watching the paint dry. Or whatever. Uh, so that, I don't know for for whatever reason that popped into my head, Jason. So I apologize for losing that twenty seconds of your life and all of our listeners twenty <laughs> seconds of their lives there. So, uh, Coach, any social media you want to plug for your for yourself for your program, anything like that? No, I just I, I really want to thank you for having me on. I, you know, it stinks I couldn't make uh, you know your clinic, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, you, you know, you mentioned. Doug and Bruce, that's kind of how I heard about you is, is I saw their names pop up and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I was going to listen to, you know, two guys that I know that well. And then, uh-huh. uh, you're doing an awesome job with this, man. Keep it rolling. Um, we are, we, our team got invited to a, a, a big uh, kind of a national tournament in Salt Lake City um, in Utah that we're, we're going to. And we're doing some fundraising for that, but uh, I'll be hitting up all the Council Bluffs people. <laughs> not, not so subtly either. So. Right. Uh, that's awesome. When's when's the tournament? What details do you have for us on that? Well, you know, while we're uh, on it's here. like the second week of June. Um, Kevin Nixon, he's an AO alumni. He's one of the best guys to play here. He played at BYU and uh, oh, okay, really big out in the uh, the basketball scene out in, in Utah, obviously. Um, so he was able to, to get us in this deal, and uh, we're going to try to make it happen. Um, we don't want to drive because that's going to eat up two of our days, so we're going to try to fly and. Uh, 
you know, do something fun for the senior class that we've had. So. Awesome. Awesome. Great deal. Um, well, if anybody that, that that's listening would want to uh, um, donate or, or help you out, how would they reach you? Well, it's going to be blasted all over social media here uh-huh. in the next day or so. Okay. Um, oh, it'll be out there. Okay. But, yeah, no worries on that. But again, again, thanks for having me. And uh, just keep this rolling, man. I really enjoyed listening to your stuff. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Um, it's 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 been a really good thing. Uh, it's really grown here the last two or three months. It's, it's kind of taken off a little bit. And um, I, I'm just uh, very humbled by all the support that I've had for it. And, and I'm just trying uh, the best way I can describe it. I don't, I don't think I'm any smarter or anything like that than anybody else out there. Uh, I'm, I just kind of came up with an idea that's kind of the center of the bicycle uh, wheel and, and all the spokes are coming to this place. And I just, I'm just trying to help everybody else out. And the best thing about it is, and I've said this multiple times, I get to get better as well. Every every week, I feel like I'm getting better just talking to really smart guys like you and and some of the folks I've had a chance to to talk to. You know, every week, um, it, it, it's it's been a real blessing for me. It's it's helped me become a better coach as well. So, uh, it, it's been it's been beneficial in in a number of different ways. But I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, hold the line here in a second, Coach, while we while we wrap everything up. Jason Isaacson, the boys' basketball coach at Council Bluffs Abraham Lincoln High School. We want to thank him for coming on. Again, we want to thank our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic, for sponsoring the pod. Uh, again, if you're in need of any chiropractic services, don't hesitate to give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300. Uh, a pen and a napkin university starts Monday, July the 5th. So if you're looking to educate yourself a little bit further, go into more details on, on specific coaching uh, ideas and concepts and traits. Uh, pen and a napkin university is going to be a great place for, for coaches to learn. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin, download, rate, and review this podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. My name is Marty Plum. This has been Jason Isaacson, the head boys basketball coach at Council Bluffs, Abraham Lincoln. Coaches, let's stay safe, pray for peace, and let's be sure to own our craft one day at a time.